inversion. Scott Fitzgerald, he once said, The test of a first-rate intelligence is the ability to hold two opposing ideas in mind at the same time and still retain the ability to function. One should, for example, be able to see that things are hopeless yet be determined to make them otherwise. Sounds stupid. Inversion. Inversion is a powerful tool to improve your thinking because it helps you identify and remove obstacles to success. The root of inversion is invert, which means to upend or turn upside down. As a thinking tool, it means approaching a situation from the opposite end of the natural starting point. Most of us tend to think one way, but a problem forward. Inversion allows us to flip the problem around and think backward. Sometimes it's good to start at the beginning, but it can be more useful to start at the end. Think of it this way. Avoiding stupidity is easier than seeking brilliance. Combining the ability to think forward and backward allows you to see reality from multiple angles. There are two approaches to applying inversion in your life. One, start by assuming that what you're trying to prove is either true or false, then show what else would have to be true. Number two, instead of aiming directly for your goal, think deeply about what you want to avoid and then see what options are left over. Set your assumptions. The 19th century German mathematician Karl Jacobi became famous for a number of reasons, including some solving some ungodly difficult problems, but is perhaps best remembered for his advice to invert, always invert. Jacobi solved, solved a range of problems by starting with the end point. When faced with proving an axiom in a difficult math problem, he might instead assume a property of the axiom was correct and then try to determine the consequences of this assumption. From that point, he could work out surprising and at times counterintuitive insights. See the sidebar, the most successful detective of all time. Jacobi was not the first mathematician to use inversion. In fact, inversion is a staple of mathematical, philosophical, and scientific inquiry. We can look around today and appreciate that we can't see atoms and quarks, but we know they exist because we can make predictions about their behavior and test those predictions. Or we can go back to 2,300 years and look at the work of Greek Hippasus a follower of Pythagoras, yes, the one with the theorem, his attempts to derive the square root of 2 and his original direct approach to solving the problem, essentially dividing larger and larger whole numbers into each other, were both fruitless and time-consuming. He hit an impasse, realizing that he'd never be able to definitely solve the problem by thinking forward. 
In his increasing frustration, Hippasus decided to take the reverse route, thinking about what the square root of 2 might imply, and working backwards from there. If he couldn't find it the way he had expected to, he'd start by proving what the number couldn't be. His quest forever changed what we understood about mathematics and led to this discovery of the first irrational number. Mathematics is not the only area where using inversion can produce surprising and non-intuitive results. In the 1920s, the American tobacco company wanted to sell more of their Lucky Strike cigarettes to women. Men were smoking, but women weren't. There were pervasive taboos against women smoking. It was seen as a man's activity. Women therefore presented an untapped market that had the potential of providing huge revenue. The head of the company thought that they needed to convince women that smoking would make them thinner, riding on the slimness trend that had already begun. So he hired Edward Bernays, who came up with a truly revolutionary marketing campaign. In the style of the inversion approach described above, Bernays did not ask, how do I sell more cigarettes to women? Instead, he wondered, if women bought and smoked cigarettes, what else would have to be true? What would have to be changed in the world to make smoking desirable to women and socially acceptable? Then, a step farther, once he knew what he needed to change, how would he achieve that? To tackle the idea of smoking as a slimming aid, he mounted a large anti-sweets campaign. After dinner, it was about cigarettes, not dessert. Cigarettes were slimming, while desserts would ruin one's figure. But Bernays' real stroke of genius lay not just in coming out with adverts to convince women to stay slim by smoking cigarettes. Instead, he sought nothing less than to reshape American society and culture. He solicited journalists and photographers to promote the virtues of being slim. He sought testimonials from doctors about the health value of smoking after a meal. He combined this approach with altering the very environment, striving to create a world in which the cigarette was ubiquitous. He mounted a campaign to persuade hotels and restaurants to add cigarettes to their to the dessert list menus and he provided such magazines as House and Garden with feature articles that included menus designed to preserve readers from dangers of overeating. The idea was not only to influence opinion, but to remold life itself. Bernays approached designers, architects, and cabinet makers in an effort to persuade them to design kitchen cabinets that included special compartments for cigarettes and he spoke to the manufacturers of kitchen containers to add cigarette tins to their traditional lines of labeled containers for coffee, tea, sugar, and flour. The result was a complete shift in the assumption habits of American women. It wasn't just about selling the cigarette. It was about reorganizing the world. What, looked like, what the world would look like if women smoked often and anywhere and then set about trying to make that world a reality. 
Once he did that, selling cigarettes to women was comparatively easy. This inversion approach became a staple of Bernays' work. He used the descriptor, quote, appeals of indirection, unquote. And each time when hired to sell a product or service, he instead sold whole new ways of behaving, which appeared obscure, but over time reaped huge rewards for his clients and redefined the very texture of American life. The Greatest Detective of All Time The first great detective to capture the public imagination was Sherlock Holmes. He solved cases in ways that were unfathomable to others, yet seemed obvious in retrospect. He gave the appearance of being a magician, but really was, he was an excellent observer. He was also a master of inversion. On his third case, quote, a scandal in Bohemia, unquote, Holmes is hired by a king to recover a compromising photo photograph in which the king appears with an American opera singer, Irene Adler. The king is fearful that Adler will use the picture of the two of them to prevent his upcoming marriage or to blackmail him in the future. He does not want to live under this threat, so hires Sherlock Holmes to retrieve the picture from Adler. Presented with this task, what does Holmes do? What would you do? Does he study Adler for months to determine where, based on her personality, she likely to hide the picture? Does he break into her house and perform a systematic exploration of every nook and cranny? No, instead, instead he inverts the problem. If it is true that Adler has this compromising picture of the king and is planning to blackmail him, what would also be true? Likely that she would greatly value the photo as it will bring her money, and that it would be hidden in an accessible location so she could retrieve it in a hurry. We tend to keep our most prized possessions where we can easily grab them in case of an emergency. So Holmes contrives a scenario in which he is able to be in her house while Watson creates an illusion of a fire on the street curbside. Believing the threat, Adler takes the photo out of its hiding place before escaping. In one instant, Holmes both confirms the existence of the photo and now knows where it's, its whereabouts. By starting with the logical outcome of his assumptions and seeking to validate those, he advances his case with significantly more efficiency and accuracy than if he had searched first for proof of the assumptions themselves.